Has Carcassonne stood the test of time? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. In this week's Game Spotlight is a title that's introduced an awful lot of people to the kind of game that puts the designer's name on the front of the box. It's kind of showing its age, though. Or is it? Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are actual co-hosts. Yes, I have co-hosts again. Please welcome James Suarez. Hi, guys. And John Lounce. Hello. Now, uh, you two are not only new to the Snakes Cast, you newly arrived at Snakes and Lattes. How long have you been with us? Um, about three weeks ago, or four weeks, they hired uh, uh, they hired me, anyway. Uh, September 1st, I believe I started. There you go. Mm-hmm. So that was... One month. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with, one, yeah, a month. How are you liking it so far? It's a great job. I like it. You just get to t- uh, spend time around people who love board games as much as, you know, you do, and then maybe teach it to some new people, which is great. I have been asked that question a lot in this month, and for the first time in my life, I actually crave going to work. So I Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, have you working mostly as servers at this point? Yes. Yeah, server, and yeah, when I get a chance, I like to teach games. Mm-hmm. So, Carcassonne, have you had the chance to teach that very much since you started working at the cafe? I have taught it once, I believe, in the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't taught it at the cafe yet. I've taught it to many uh, family and friends. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those games that's easy to teach to yeah. family. Uh, I've done it outside the cafe. Can you remember when you first played it? Totally. It was uh, in Ottawa at a board game cafe. My girlfriend told me about this game that she tried with her friends, and she, and so she taught it to me. And then I think I bought it like three weeks later. Do you remember about what year that was? That was um, last year. All right. 2014, yeah. All right. No, wait, even sooner than that. Okay, so 2013 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would have been around 2014, 2013 for mm-hmm. me. I uh, was back at university. We held game nights, uh, just a bunch of friends. We'd invite other friends, and we'd get a whole bunch of people playing different games, King of Tokyo, Seven Wonders, things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, one time someone showed up with Carcassonne. I heard about it, never played it before, and yeah, it was, it was fun. Your impressions were good? Yeah. And uh, your family enjoyed it as well? Oh, yeah, they love it. It's... Uh, one, I think it was my mom's favorite game to play for a while. <laughs> it's it's got quite a reputation. It was uh, it was first published way back in the mists of time in the year two thousand, uh, from designer Klaus Jürgen Reda. Uh, it was or Vreda, I should actually say that correctly, <laughs> shouldn't I? Um, it was an immediate sensation. It won the coveted Spiel des Jahres award and instantly replaced the Settlers of Catan as the go to game for introducing new people to modern games. That was until Ticket to Ride showed up in 2004 and kind of yeah. usurped the crown. But Kark is still shorter than Ticket to Ride, and it's a faster, simpler teach, for, particularly for servers at the cafe. I mean, yeah, like, you guys probably wouldn't be able to get in a Ticket to Ride teach. Uh, actually, I found uh, I have to teach Ticket to Ride quite a bit, and uh, I'm usually away from the table in two minutes. Wow. It's, it's a pretty quick teach, I find. But is, is, would you say that Carcassonne is about on par with that? Or maybe about on similar? par, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I haven't taught um, either of them at the cafe yet. Going from experience of teaching Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne with friends and family, I, I can see how they're on par. Maybe you just kind of have to check back in yeah. uh, with Ticket to Ride teaches just to make sure everything is going on track. Yeah, they're more likely to have questions, I think. Yeah. Was that a pun? <laughs> oh, that was, that was totally a pun that I You guys to are going to fit in here just fine. <laughs> 
All right, Carcassonne has a very, very far-reaching influence. A lot of people have seen it, a lot of people have played it, but for the benefit of any of our listeners who aren't familiar with the game, let's get into the questions of what this thing actually looks like, how it plays, what it works. Somebody comes up to a table, and there's a copy of Carcassonne on there being played. What are they going to see? How many people are going to be sitting around the table? Probably two, three, or four. Yeah, two, three, or four. Could go as many as five, I yeah. guess, but yeah. typically two or three or four. And uh, what are they going to see? What's on the table? Tiles, a bunch of square tiles with grass and roads and rivers and, and tiny castles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and little wooden people. Meeples, meeples. Yes. Carcassonne introduced us to that wonderful yeah. word, meeples, little wooden peoples, in which all is different now colors. which is now a word in the dictionary. Really? Yeah. Oxford great. got it. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> according kind of to amazing. to Tom Vassell, it is now <laughs> an official word in the dictionary. So those iconic little wooden people, which are now sort of the symbol of European style exactly. board games. Yeah were introduced to the world, or at least became, were popularized by, by Carcassonne. Yes, and so each player's going to have their own little color, and they're putting stuff on there, and they're building this. And, and at first, there's only just one tile, right? Yeah. yeah. And they sort of build it outwards. Castle and some grass, I think. And, and so, one road that yep. cuts across. And from there, they're going to be building outwards, and they're going to see monasteries and castles building up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen during play? When someone, somebody's turn, what are they going to do? So on your turn, you play one tile that connects to the tile that's already on the board, and you so have kind of like dominoes? you got to put them so they match? Uh, more or less. You have to line up roads with other roads, grass with other grass. Uh, and if there's a castle wall, you have to line up castle walls with other castle walls. And then you have the choice of playing a meeple on it uh, as a worker. Mm-hmm. And so if you put the workers in different places, they turn into a different thing, right? Exactly. If you put them on a road, they're highwaymen. If you put them, robbers, thank you very oh, much. Oh, the robbers! <laughs> you see, when when we we never call them this when we when, when I play with friends or family, we just I'm claiming this road, right. and then that meeple is just a guy standing on the this road. This is a roadway meeple, exactly. <laughs> or if you put him in a castle, then you get a knight. If you put him in a cloister, yeah. you get a monk. Do you guys, when you put a farmer in the field on the grass, do you tip him over down. sideways? You yeah. lie him down. Lie him down. Yeah. yeah. Meaning that once you put it out there, you're never going to get it back. Mm-hmm. Unless you get lucky. <laughs> so these, um, whenever a city's complete, when the wall goes all the way around it, then it kind of explodes and candy comes out of it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and players score points. At least whoever's got the most people in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, how does it end? Once the tiles run out, uh, you take off any remaining meeples, get whatever points are remaining on them, and yeah. you score the game. Yeah, and the remaining meeples you have, um, if you see, if you got meeples on the road, you get those points uh, depending on the length of the road, but... So longer roads are worth more points exactly, than shorter roads. Yeah. And bigger cities are, are, bigger worth, cities more are worth more points. Except if you didn't complete the city by the end of the game, then you're getting half of the points you would have got. Right. If so you, you, you can build a gigantic city, but if you can't finish yeah. it, it's still not going to be worth It's a push yeah. your luck type All of that mechanic. Much. Yeah, how, how, how big do you want to go before you realize, exactly. you know what? I'm so just... big. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is how I play that game. You start a castle in the very cities. beginning and then yeah. just let it grow. Mm-hmm. That's what I do with fields. <laughs> okay, I want to build a gigantic field that's just going to provide all the food to all the cities. That's my field so nobody else can go there. And that, of course, is the other twist in Carcassonne. Is that you can't put a knight in a city that's already got a knight. You can't yeah. put a farmer in a field yeah. that's already got yeah. one. 
Yeah, but you can totally muscle in on somebody else's territory, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've got your city over there, and it's huge, and it's worth a ton of points. I can build my own little city over here, and then, oh, look, they got connected up. Those are my points now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's really the only interactive part of Carcassonne, right? There's no other way to... That, or just cutting off someone yeah. from building a road or something <laughs> like that. Or Definitely. make it so that it's going to be super hard to yeah, finish yeah. up their city. No, there you go. You could actually block someone. Like, make a... You'll have an, a blank square place where no tile in the game could possibly fit there. Well, there's always one <laughs> tile, but the question is whether or not you've played it already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there goes that monastery, and that, that meeple is going to be standing there for the rest the of the game. The loneliest meeples yeah. out there. And nobody comes to visit. <laughs> now, Carcassonne is a game that's was, it's been very popular in its natural form from yeah. the very beginning. But a lot of people have chosen not to leave well enough alone. They've added more stuff to it, like variations where you, instead of draw a tile and then play it, you have a hand of three tiles, and you choose one and you play that to mitigate the presumably heretical luck element that's present in the game. Right. Do you guys play ever play it that way, or do you usually prefer to play it? I mostly have experience playing the traditional Carcassonne. Yeah. Um, do you find it's too lucky for your taste? It. I tend to hate luck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any dice games hate me, and okay. so I've chosen to hate them by choice. <laughs> That's a good choice. Uh, How about you, James? Um, I yeah, I play also traditional sense, just because I I'm not really a big fan of house rules. I I could see how playing it with a hand of three could kind of mitigate the whole luck, but it's a type of game where you got you have the luck aspect yeah but you also have the push your luck thing so you yeah. can choose where to put it and it's short enough too it's yeah. what mm-hmm. half an hour to play Carcassonne exactly yeah now, if, okay prefer to play them on natural that's cool a lot of people are like that how do you feel about expansion sets I let's see the, exp- the only expansions I've tried are the river and the bishop I love the river because it's so I, I whenever I teach it I teach it with the river you know first we're gonna make this nice river and then we're going to start playing. That really messes with my farmer strategy. I know. <laughs> it totally does. Most modern editions of the game actually come with the river. That's exactly yeah, how. Oh, it's yeah. because it's so simple and natural that you can throw it in for first-time yeah, players, and it makes very little difference. Yeah, I believe the Z-Man version just comes with the river and with the bishop. I usually don't teach it uh, with that included if somebody's new to the game okay. or new to our kinds of games. Oftentimes, I'll even leave out teaching farmers. Yeah, um, uh, you know what? I I do too. My my family still have have haven't heard of farmers to this hmm. day. And 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 they just like the game as it is. Oh, totally. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. They still get around around the scoreboard once, maybe mm. even almost make it twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, in the opposite end of the uh, of that scale, you can add a ton of complexity to this game. I've lost track of how many expansion sets there are for Carcassonne. Well, the thing is yeah. that the boxes are like two inches squared, so <laughs> when they can make them and not small, they can make so many of them. <laughs> Some of them are larger, too. Like yeah. uh, When they first came out, there was two in particular that were really popular. There was inns and cathedrals. There were the inns which make the roads more valuable, which was good because roads were often kind of not a particularly good exactly, thing to go yeah. for in the original game. And the cathedrals... Uh, made cities more valuable, but only if they're finished. So the player who does your trick, John, uh, all I have to do is stick a cathedral in that city, and if you don't finish it before the end, it's worth nothing. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> the, uh, it also included uh, pieces for a sixth player, and I'm not sure how good an idea it is to play Carcassonne. I, I never enjoy expansions that just add an extra player. Mm. I find if it, the game was... It extends was, the game. Yeah, it extends the game. And if a game was designed with a certain number of players in mind... 
That's usually the game. That's usually the number to go for. And then uh, with traders and builders, we added different commodities that you could gather by putting them into other cities and so on. We also had the builder piece, which could allow you to do stuff another player's turn. You had this awesome little wooden pig as well, pig meeple. That sounds oh, fantastic. Which was super cool. But it, it just kind of exploded from there. We had you know the, uh, the, the abbey and the mayor. We had the tower, yeah. which had this tower piece, which holds the tiles. We had a catapult where you'd physically throw tiles at <laughs> the board. This happened. It was a dexterity element in Carcassonne. There was, there was yeah, a ton of these things. Wow. <laughs> um, we had, and we had new additions as well. Things like uh, the Ark of the Covenant, Hunters and Gatherers. Uh, have you guys seen the Gold Rush one? I've seen it, never played it. I've heard of it. I've never played it. So imagine it's like, okay, it's, it's the gold rush. You know, the 49ers are out there trying to get as much gold as possible. So your mountains, your mines, those are the equivalent of cities. Okay. Uh, you've also got, uh, you know, the roads, which work much the same way as they do um, in, in the original. But the thing is, you can set up camp in somebody else's mine and start taking their stuff every turn they don't finish it. Wow. Oh, cool. It's a much okay. meaner and nastier Carcassonne. So more interaction. Than Way I more interaction. I am intrigued. Um, <laughs> but uh, with, with, and, and also, this I've heard that apparently they're going to be doing a Star Wars-themed version of Carcassonne. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> is there going to be something exists, there's a Star Wars themed of it. I suppose there kind of is. It's a yeah. rule now. <laughs> but with all of these different things, clearly there's still interest in Carcassonne. Otherwise, they wouldn't yeah. still be publishing these things. But yeah. as a base game, as a simple thing, you know, so you can just buy for your friends. I mean, since you guys only got into it like a year or two ago, it's pretty clear that this does absolutely stand the test of time. I'd mm-hmm. say so. Uh, I didn't even know it existed until about two years ago. Um, well, because I only got into, like, Euro gaming about right. two years ago, but uh, I I still love enjoy, uh, love playing it. So I um I got into gaming I think January of this year uh, is when I started buying games, and then uh, Carcassonne came into the the radar sometime after I had that uh, that time in Ottawa at the cafe and yeah it's it's one of those games that you constantly hear about if you're in if you're in the the know for board games right you it's hear... not just coasting on its reputation it's actually that good that it's still worth playing even after all this time yeah it's i mean it's casual enough i i guess maybe if you're into heavier games it might start losing the flavor per se but for casual gamers for or for just for teaching to play a game with friends and family, I think it definitely stands the test of time in that regard. Well, that's the thing about Carcassonne, is that uh, the same reason that we have all of the expansions is the fact that it is a very simple game to pick up. Um, The rules aren't that expansive, and the reason that we have all of the expansions is for the same people who want to add house rules to it and expand the game, change it up. The game itself is not too hard to pick up, but then we want to change it and overlap it with all sorts of other rules and variations the thing about carcassonne is that it's great for people who are just getting into gaming um and the first few times that you play carcassonne it's great um but Mm -hmm. i do find that the base rules of the game gets old and they get a little old after playing it over and over and over again and that's why they have all the different versions i think that's also why it hasn't died yet Mm because it can be changed over and over again. Well, next week we're going to be looking and putting the spotlight on a title that may just knock Carcassonne from its lofty perch. All 
right, that's it for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast. I'm always curious to know what other people are curious about. James, John, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Until next week, game on. Game on.